called this is blonde haired girl and I honestly had no intention of doing this podcast and I woke up very early in the morning and was well I just decided to do this podcast this is a response again about David Icke. So yesterday was a huge day for Brian Rose of London Real and he had I guess the biggest live stream in history on his show um with David Icke. And it was it was actually taken off YouTube and then he tried to put on one hour of it and then that was taken off YouTube as well. And I tried to go onto the website, um, London Real website, and I was bumped out. I don't know why I was not able to um, actually watch it on his, on his, um, actually website. I wasn't. So, but I just happened to be on Twitter and David Icke had given, had put up a copy of it on Twitter. So I ended up watching it. I had, I actually, honestly, I had heard part of it. Um, I was on my way. Those of you who know, I had been doing a candle. I have been working in a candle factory and I have resumed my my work in a candle factory very very part-time but yesterday I was so excited to go it was so 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 much fun um to this sounds just so (laughs) but to get in my car and go get out of the house and not think about anything for three hours (laughs) was such a blessing it was it was so incredibly wonderful to have that opportunity and and so that's what I did um and I was watching it or listening to it on my car drive in I I was I was able to catch some of it live and there was a lot that was said during this time that I that I recognized that I I don't know if I heard from him or I had heard from other people or seen in a movie I couldn't I couldn't quite like this hodgepodge of, oh, yes, that sounds familiar. Oh, yes, that sounds familiar. Um, But what I was the most struck by in the interview was the end. I actually watched it in its entirety because I have to say during part of it, I was just, um, I, it was, it was a fairly hopeless like it was it was a, about 2 hours and 45 minutes of hopelessness i mean all these things are happening and um it's global and see how quick they can get this and get us all sequestered in our homes and um and i really don't want to rehash it i want to talk about the end the end of of the of the interview was the most important to me where he actually said he is more powerful than they are which i believe to be true 
I'm not sure how this thing is going to go down. I, I really, I, I'm not entirely sure I even believe in, in psychic abilities to tell the future because the future has not come yet. Um, I don't bother with trying to figure out if God knows the future or not. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even bother with that because I'm not God. But I, if everything is an ever-present now, I mean, is there even really a past? I mean, we think there is, but... And like something that, that struck me in all of this also was David McGill Ruiz says that that when we're awake, we're dreaming. So when we're asleep, we're dreaming. When we're awake, we're dreaming. Our life is a dream. And we have the power to make it amazing. Absolutely amazing. So, <laughs> I'm not really sure why we globally have, like, created this. Um, and there's all different takes. But let me get back to the ending part. So, he was talking about a consciousness. He was talking about the power of love. And, and consciousness, which is something that I have been trying to shout on the rooftops. <laughs> it feels more like I've been talking in a cave, <laughs> echoing out myself now for two years. Um, but um, there is so much that went down for me and continues to, but especially during the summer of 2018 that I don't understand. And I have put it out to the universe that, that put it out to God that, that somehow I would be contacted by people who could benevolent, kind people, <laughs> loving people who would contact me and, um, and, brainstorm exactly what went down because I still don't entirely know. I really don't. All I can say is what happened. But there was an understanding on my part that there was a rise in consciousness coming. I call it like this idea of heaven on earth, of um of a new world. And, and I couldn't figure it out I, because it seemed like a whole lot of the world was still just carrying on as normal. And I felt really kind of stupid, like, you know, believing in this, this hodgepodge of craziness. Um, but what I came to find out was, well, I had been watching Coast to Coast with um. George Nury. And there was this coast to coast about these 
And I'm not sure when it happened. It doesn't matter. Scientific. I don't know. It just was about these two planets who, that the Earth, that a planet crashed into Earth and that there's actually two Earths. And but what I what I have really started to notice is is that there is this ability by the power of our thoughts to have a completely different experience of the same event, same seeming event. And if everybody's in their own reality, then a whole lot of people, 7 billion people on this planet are having a different experience of what is happening right this minute. And what I have been doing throughout this experience is um, bettering my skills. I've been learning new skills. I've been meditating. I've been doing my exercise. I've been contacting friends. I've been um, writing. And, and it has has been suggested by whatever communicates with me that I need to be writing more. And they were, I was, I'm sorry, I'm going back to the fact that I'm I have like an entourage, I believe everybody does, of angels, of celestial beings that that communicate with me. I know some people are going to consider that crazy, but it's just the truth. And there's nothing to be done about it because it just is what it is. But um, that I need to be writing and writing a little even more and more details and then just you know, so I need to, I absolutely will be doing that. But that was the part that I was most taken back by him even saying, because if you, those of you who listened to my first podcast about this, was that I would go further in this. Going like further, even into the stratosphere. into the stillness and out of the chaos knowing that everything is well all is well all is well I mean it really is and I don't know what's going on there's so much misinformation about um people and getting this but one thing I do know is that I don't know a lot of people who have this virus um, but supposedly have this virus <laughs> but somebody in my in my circle father is on a ventilator right now just floating for the last probably week week and a half almost two weeks just keeping him breathing until he gets better and he's not quite getting better. So, and supposedly his wife had it and recovered. And so I would say that something's happening. I, I don't know what it is per se, 
I mean, in all actuality, a lot of what David Icke said yesterday in the interview was a possibility. Was absolutely a possibility, but if all things are possible and there are infinite possibilities, I would go with the way he ended the interview, and that would be that goodness and light and love will just start to get brighter on our planet. It would just start to get brighter And I, I, in all actuality, I don't know. It's like there's so much that I don't know. I don't even begin to try to. Um, I just trust. I, I trust in the benevolence of that which is not seen. I see what is what I can see, but I trust in that which I can't see, which is benevolent. And this is what gives me peace. I don't understand what's happening. I was I was very sad. Those of you who listen to my podcast would know that they have they've canceled my they didn't cancel the conference, but they went live streaming, so my trip to Canada has been um has been canceled, I guess. I have to cancel my Airbnb and um I just and I guess my flight and I have the option of doing a live stream, but in all actuality, I really have no interest in that. My interest was in being in proximity. I mean, I can I can watch their YouTube's any any day. I just feel really quite sad about that but I don't know I don't know I don't know why it got canceled I don't I don't know why this is happening and so I I just trust I trust in the goodness of God and I'm just going through my days and enjoying what it feels like to just be alive to just exist to love my family to love my friends my dog, really, really going to appreciate her so much and give her so much love and attention. Just do things that I do with a lot more intentionality and because I just love what it's like to be here, to exist. Just sitting right now in my space and looking around, it just... I just love creating, love like just all the aspects about my life, just waking up and coming into awareness and putting my feet on the ground and going to make my coffee, take my dog out and take do my coffee and 
just what it feels like to take a hot shower. I mean, just to exist. And this is, this is what I believe is the power that we have is, you know, and so aside from, from loving existence, (laughs) I would not be one to take any vaccination. And, And I really do want to talk about this aspect for just a minute. I've always been a free thinker. I've always been, I really have been. I, I, I'm not sure where that came from. Probably my parents or, but I remember when my first child was born. My, my oldest child was born and I was going to get him immunized, you know, and I asked, I was talking to my mother and my mother's like, oh, well, the shot is better than the disease. And um, I take him over to have his shots. And I remember telling the doctor. Because at the time we were, we didn't have insurance, I think. I'm not really sure how this all went down. But we were on some kind of government program for immunizations. And I said to, I said to the doctor, I remember when he was being immunized, I said to the doctor, I said, is this the same immunization that you give other children if it's in a government program? And she looked at me really funny. (laughs) You get taken, you, you set your child up kind of out of fear that they're going to catch a disease Oh, here's this vaccination. And then now, I mean, when I was growing up, I remember being vaccinated and I was much older, probably 11 or 12 years old when we had to walk by and this gun put this thing in our arm. And, (laughs) and, so, and doing all these studies too, like, is it a live vaccine? Is it a dead vaccine? Like, I just, I just, no, what ha- ended up happening was my, when my son had his, this particular son, my oldest son, when he had his MMR, his measles, mumps, and rubella, it wasn't within two weeks, but Several months later, my son had his first seizure. And my daughter was born at this time, and she was, she would have been about just a baby. In fact, now that I think about it, she wasn't born yet. I think I I may have been pregnant with her when he had his first seizure. But I remember, I mean, it's as if it was yesterday how how incredibly um, shocking it was for him to have a seizure and to really go into panic mode. And 
And he had this really mysterious fever that I couldn't control. So we ended up taking him to the hospital. It was not recommended by the, by the ambulance, the people who came 911. They said, don't take him. You don't have to take him to the hospital. But I did anyway, because I could not control his fever. And we ended up in the hospital and they gave him this shot. I don't know what they gave him. But mysteriously, my son was like better. Within 24 hours, he was just running around the house again. So, turns out that this son was, my, my son was diagnosed autistic well, actually, he was diagnosed, um, I love this, pervasive developmental disorder, PDD, not otherwise specified, going back to your, to your DSM-5 at the time, <laughs> your diagnostic manual of mental health disorders, your PDD and OS, they used to call it, they don't know what's going on with your child, not otherwise specified. Um, by the time he was four years old, he had had like all kinds of tests, but I won't get into it. I, I really don't talk about it very much because while my son is like diagnosed autistic, I never told him what he was. Like I never told him, I never gave him a diagnosis. I, I didn't want to put him in a box because it was my belief that he could do anything. He could overcome anything. He could But getting back to the vaccinations, so over the years, you know, it's these, you know, you got your they're actually called anti vaxxers, people like me who so my daughter didn't get any more immunizations after two when my son was diagnosed and my oldest son has not gotten a single after the age of, I believe four or five, he has not gotten a single other vaccination. And then I had a baby, not so ironically at home. I had my baby at home because I didn't want anything interfered with because my oldest child's birth was horrific. In my opinion, it was a horrible birth. And, um, and so I didn't want people in hospitals messing with him. So I, this, my youngest child, so I had him at home, which was like the most amazing experience of my life. One of them. It, it was, uh, I was not scared whatsoever. I, I had two incredibly talented and accomplished um, midwives there and, and an aide. So there were three people. And then my child's father was there as well. And I gave birth after three hours of pushing <laughs> to a 10 pound, seven ounce baby at home. <laughs> this is a true story. 
And so I, and then it was like, do I vaccinate him? And the answer was no, I didn't vaccinate him. And luckily I had a pediatrician that didn't make me sign a waiver. The first pediatrician that we were seeing was, was not my normal pediatrician and she would make me sign a waiver every time I went in and did not get him immunized. So I went back to my, my pediatrician who had understood me and, (laughs) and I didn't have him vaccinated until he like, and ironically I did have polio, which I know sounds really crazy, but we have we were traveling and at the time he had not had the vaccination. We went to Tunisia. We went on a, on a cruise. We went on a Mediterranean cruise and I, and so I made him, he wasn't allowed to get it out of the backpack. (laughs) He was like stuck in the backpack for as long as we were off the boat in Tunisia. Uh, for a child. Um, he was, he was like, I'm not sure. I think he was like about 18 months old at the time when we went on this cruise. But, and as time went on, I did have him like a dead vaccine for, for polio. A dead one, not a live one, a dead one. Um, and then it was so interesting. This is, to me, this is very interesting. To other people, it may not be, but I'm just going to share it. So there was an outbreak of measles, supposedly. The one that I really didn't want was the measles, mumps, and rubella. Because I had seen, I had seen an article that had said when they put the vaccinations together, there was a rise in autism. And that was very, very, very quickly debunked supposedly. And this is what they do. This is what governments do. Is they, they really just go after the person who did the study. But I, it is my belief that every parent in America, in the world for that, would be willing to bring their child three times to be vaccinated if their chance of their child not getting autism would be would be raised so i but there was a there was a currently like this was like i don't know how many years ago i think my my child was in middle school there was a there was measles in arizona and one of the soccer moms, you know, came up to me is like, you know, oh, I know probably because of your oldest child having autism, you may not have immunized him, but I just want to let you know that we're having these measles. And so out of fear, and I, and I did do a little bit of research. I did, I did think about this a little bit, but I, I go and I have, I take my child to the health department where I am. The first nurse was not horrible. Um, but you get shamed when you don't immunize your child. So I, I take him to the health department and they immunize him. I bring him home and my child, after several days, gets incredibly sick. 
incredibly sick. I mean, he has a high fever for at least four days, a high fever, and he has, I don't know, this rash all over his chest, all over his body, this little red rash all over his body. And this isn't a little body. This is a bigger body because he's not, he's not two years old. He's, you know, I'm trying to figure out, he may have been 12, 13. So I called, so I called them and I say, you know, he's really having this reaction. Oh yeah, that can happen. That can happen. And so they call me and they say, you know, when are you going to bring him in for his boosters? So at this point, I'm learning a lot about our bodies. And I, and I, so I say to my son, I said, okay, in light of the fact that you didn't have a good reaction, what do you think we need to do? It's your body. Tell me what you think we need to do. And he said, well, mom, this isn't really fair because I have this feeling that, that I won't want to get it because I don't want to get a shot. But I decided to push it off and they really gave me quite quite a crap about it. They were upset that I was putting off his, his booster. Because you have to get boosters. You don't just get the MMR. You have to go back and get them again. And the second time he got it, he didn't have nearly the same reaction. But oh, I think this is interesting too. So... My, 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 my oldest son, (laughs) oh my God, my oldest son had had the chicken pox vaccine. Okay. And then he had had the the vaccine and both, both boosters. I mean, for all intents and purposes, he should not have gotten the chicken pox, but damned if he didn't. My my oldest son got the freaking chicken pox. And he had the chicken pox all over his body. Like it wasn't like this really mild case. Oh no. He was covered in chicken pox. So I call I call the Center for Disease Control. Oh yeah, that can happen. Yeah, that can happen. Oh yeah, if they didn't have it in the right temperature in the truck to bring the vaccine. I mean, they went off on all these, all these, you know, oh, it's a milder case. No, you're not standing in front of my child seeing chicken pox from head to toe. <laughs> but what David Icke was saying about these vaccines and, you know, I mean, it really, really, and I don't know what they're putting in our body. I mean, you have no idea what they're putting in your body. That's why I've always just thought it's so interesting, you know, when they come, when they came up, I remember the last, like, I guess, I don't know when it was, the last outbreak of some obscure um, virus, you know, and these people scrambling and nearly killing each other to get the vaccine, which is ultimately what this is all about, is the fear of death. the fear of death, the fear of our own death and the fear of the death of our loved ones. And I don't mean to be trite because I have lost loved ones. And I know what it feels like. I know the grief very well. 
and I don't understand it. I don't know what's coming. I don't, I don't know what's coming. It's, um, but I do know that the nature of reality is nothing like what we've been told. And that my belief is that our loved ones are very, very close to us. On an energetic level, they are all around us. They never leave us. I mean, where would you be? When you pass, where are you going to be? So, that's about that. I, I, I I just really wanted to to do this podcast about my hope my faith and my belief that this life is for joy this life we've been given life for joy we've been given life to experience life to experience existence to experience awareness feelingness to come here and to swim in the ocean, feel the heat of the sun on our skin, to have butterflies flutter by us. <laughs> I really, really believe that we are here for joy and that we can have the most amazing lives and already have already have the most amazing life just in gratitude I believe that we are made of that which created everything and there is no separation between God and man the universe and man whatever you want to call it the creator and man and animal and plant our molecules, the molecules of our body expand all the way out to the universe. We are all interconnected. So, and on that note, I am going to end this podcast. (laughs) I really enjoy, I mean, I really appreciate you listening. And that's a wrap.